0: Rugged desert outside Yuma, Arizona. This is Outpost Outspoken. Outpost Outspoken is the official podcast of U.S. Army Yuma Proving Ground, which conducts natural environment testing of military equipment in Arizona, Alaska, and the tropics. Hello, I'm Mark Schauer. Munitions and Weapons Division Test Officer Johnny Clark is highly regarded by his peers in large part because of his enormous commitment to the Proving Grounds mission. But working at the Army's premier test and evaluation facility was not something he expected would happen. A Safford, Arizona native, played basketball in high school, and was majoring in agricultural engineering at the University of Arizona when he met a recruiter from YPG at a job fair. When you were at University of Arizona, had you heard of Yuma Proving Ground?
1: No, never heard of it. (laughs) <laughs> Never heard of it until I uh, met some recruiters at a job fair.
0: Now, your degree is agricultural engineering. Correct. So, did you were you skeptical about working at, a, at an army proving ground with that kind of background?
1: No. No. My, my minor is in mechanical engineering, so most of my ag classes were based on machinery, ag machinery. And, actually, I had an internship with AGCO, a, a major... Uh, manufacturer of uh, ag machinery and uh, so I kind of fear the transition from ag machinery to military machinery isn't that big of a jump.
0: So you've been here for nearly 20 years now, yeah,
1: right? Yeah, 19,
0: yeah. And have you been on the munitions and weapons side the whole time?
1: Yes, yeah, I started off with EC3, I was with them for a year and a half before I went government.
0: Now you've kind of You did a lot of mortar and counter-mortar radar testing over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the majority of my work here has been done, or was on the uh, counter-fire team, so radars, um, intercept systems, that kind of stuff.
0: To the extent you not only did it here in Yuma, but up at Cold Regions Test Center too. Yeah,
1: yeah, we did a pretty major test up there back in 2013.
0: Is there anywhere else within DOD that can do the kind of Testing that you did on those radars like what we do here
1: and not to the skill, we, We've done it uh, We really are the experts there when it comes to radar testing
0: And there's a lot of complexity in setting that up you have to
1: sure yeah You gotta worry about the gun side of it and the radar side of it. So you got a lot of moving pieces
0: And arranged for artillery fire
1: Yeah artillery mortars rockets. Yeah, we even did some small arms Yeah, a lot of things
0: now you've also done some mine countermine testing over the years.
1: Yeah, the last two years I've been doing mines-counter-mines demolitions.
0: Is there a lot of overlap between those two facets of the testing?
1: Not really. It's a totally different world over here. Interesting, though. Very interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of high-tech um, neat stuff coming down the pipe right now in, in the mines-counter-mines and demolitions world.
0: Yeah. I mean, these last five years or so, with the efforts in Army modernization and transformation, have you noticed a difference?
1: Um, well, I've noticed a difference because I've changed teams. So I've, I've seen a whole different world um, in modernization of the Army. Um, so with that respect, yeah, it, it, I've seen a lot of changes in the last few years. But I don't know if it's because I've changed or because <laughs> our modernization has changed. You did a
0: lot of support for Project Convergence 2021.
1: Sure, yeah, a lot of technology there, and a lot of that incorporated a lot of the stuff I was doing in the radar world, you know, radar and kind um, of fire world.
0: So you're almost 20 years in. You must
1: like it somewhat. Sure, I love it. I love my job.
0: Now, you've done a lot of community service work over the years, too.
1: Sure, you're through my through church and through um, Boy Scouts, through a lot of different programs, yeah.
0: hmm I mean, to the extent that you you led Boy Scout trainings, yeah, here at you proving ground
1: over the years. Yeah, I was involved with three different uh, Boy Scout leader trainings. You know, meant for training the trainers. Yeah, typically there was I think about thirty uh, students and then a staff of you know ten or fifteen trainers.
0: You've also distinguished yourself during organization days playing basketball.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been a few years since I have played, but.
0: Well, you, have, you've, you played growing up, I imagine, from most sure. of it.
1: Yeah. Um, my height leads me to, you know, <laughs> doing well, I think, for basketball and volleyball. I've enjoyed volleyball as well.
0: well. Johnny Clark, really appreciate visiting with you today. Thanks, Mark. Prior to his current role as an equipment specialist in YPG's S4 Directorate, Eddie Pearson supervised the Proving Ground's motor pool for 15 years. In his off-duty time during those years, he coached both City League and travel ball fast-pitch softball teams that his daughter played for. When you started working out here, even though you're a human native, had you heard of Yuma Proving Ground before?
2: A little bit. Um, Didn't really know what it was or what went on out here. But I I had heard of it, being how I was born and raised here.
0: Had you worked in the motor pool the whole time?
2: Uh, no. When I first came out, I I was in the ammo section, chambers, and, um, and then left YPG to go dredge at the Bureau of Reclamation for a few years, and then came back 2001 and started here at the motor pool. And then I think in 2006 became the supervisor and was a supervisor until what last year, 2022.
0: What does a typical day look like in a motor pool at Yuma Proving
2: Ground? Uh, constant change. Um, you know, supporting the test side of it, the mission side, which is, you know, can change at the drop of a hat uh, with the testing and everything that goes on supporting it, um, you know, WTI moving equipment, moving guns, um, recovering airdrop packages. It's a, it's a whole lot, uh, but it's uh Keeps you on your toes, that's for sure. Never a dull moment.
0: Some of the places that are used for testing out of the range are extremely remote and isolated.
2: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, it takes, uh, you know, it takes sometimes an hour, hour and a half just to get to to where you're going. So, you know, that's and, and that's for everybody, you know. it's Travel time is, is a big part of it, you know, the roads. Um, it, it's hard on equipment, hard on trucks. Trailers, um, you know, keeps the maintenance shop busy, that's for sure. Tires. So, you know, just getting to where you need to go, you know, is a job in itself.
0: Like, for example, I've seen where you've had to deliver support vehicles, support equipment on these tall hills, unimproved roads going up the hills. The skill it must take amazes me.
2: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of these guys, they all had had their CDLs. So, um, you know, they they come to YPG with experience. Um, Takes skill to do you know what they do. It's it's definitely a learning curve from from anywhere else. Um, and then you yeah, know all the lines of fire and and everything. It's it's unique. And, and it's, having to
0: do it safely too.
2: Absolutely, that's the main thing. You know, try to get there in one piece, come home in one piece. It's, you know, it's not always easy to do. There's a lot of things that can happen um, with with heavy equipment and the different things that can go wrong. So,
0: what's your job these days?
2: Now I'm a uh, equipment specialist with the uh, S4 logistics under plans and ops. So it's it's quite a change from from running the motor pool. Now, for many years, you
0: coached fast pitch softball. Yep. How did shit. you get into that?
2: I was drugging a, a neighbor of mine. Uh, I think when my daughter was about seven or eight, and um, was reluctant just because of time and you know working out here. But um, my wife talked me into it, and you know, ten, twelve years later, there I was uh, coaching um, travel ball, you know, local, local leagues, and yeah, and there's a few of us out here that did it, um, and it, it, it's, it's your own time, you're not paid, you know, you, you're dedicated to practices and, you know, tournaments once a month, twice a month, uh, uh and it costs money, uh, it's, it's not cheap. A lot of the kids would fundraise themselves or um you know you had dues and everything and it was it was good i wouldn't change it for the world it was it was good to see the girls you know mature and and turn out to be pretty good ballplayers so
0: your daughter uh, pitched for in western college eventually didn't she
2: she did she got a scholarship uh, she was the player of the year at cibola and then got a scholarship to awc and and when she got out there, she pretty much had enough and wanted to just start working and had enough playing softball. So, yeah, we were disappointed, but, you know, somewhat relieved it was, it was all over. Um, but it's a big part of your life, you know. You, it's, it's 10, 12 years of just, just softball. So, you know, when it ended, we were, me and my wife were kind of, like, what's next? You know, what do we do now? But uh, it was a good time. Uh, good time to, good to see the girls all get together and, and, and stay together. And to this day, they're they're up, you know, they all remain friends. So it was, uh, it was a good thing to see.
0: Eddie Pearson, really good visiting with you today.
2: All right. Thanks, Mark.
0: This has been Outpost Outspoken. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time from the Army's busiest test center.